of all praise and glory and honor and power and majesty. We sing the song, God, you reign. Well, when someone reigns, it's not the rain that comes down to the earth that we're talking about here. It's a phrase that means someone that has ultimate authority is in charge. Somebody that's in control. God, you reign. And He not only reigns in the heavens, in the universe, but He reigns here on this earth. He is the one that is in charge. He's the one that is in ultimate control. God, you reign. And He not only reigns on this earth, but He reigns in our hearts and in our lives if we will allow Him. Amen? Hallelujah. It's good to be with you today. In the presence of the Lord, there's no other place that I would rather be than in the presence of the Lord because something happens to me, friends, when I am in the presence of the Lord. It doesn't matter what is going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in the heavens. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life because when I'm in the presence of the Lord, all of it just begins to fade away. And it just doesn't matter. And we stand all of these things, all of these things that are going on in our lives and in the world, and we stand them up against God, and they just look ridiculous. They just look minuscule compared to how big God is. You know what happens? Too many times in our lives, we get to feeling like things are overwhelming. You ever feel like that? You feel like things are overwhelming in your life? I'm with you. I know what that feels like. We've all been there. But you know what? Something is happening that's wrong when we feel that way. What's happening is that our perception of God is not as big as God truly is. Because our problems, when we, they are face-to-face -face with us, they look so big. We, we can't really see around them. That mountain is right in my face. It's all up in my grill, man. I don't like it. But that's all I can see. That's all I can see. But when we stand up against how big our God is, those mountains are nothing. Those mountains are nothing. And then in comes the factor of that small, little, tiny, round mustard seed. That little mustard seed that is just so important. And the Bible says that if you can have faith as small as a tiny mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and you can say, beat it, bucko. God is in control in this situation. God is in control. And I'm not bowing down to fear. I'm not bowing down to ridicule. I am not bowing down to sin. I'm not having any part of it. 
because my God is bigger. Do you know that we need to remind ourselves those things? We need to remind ourselves how big God is. And we need to look around that mountain. Just peek around. We need to peek around that mountain and see how big God is. Amen? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. Than any other. When I hear and read those words, you can speak to this mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea. My, my mind just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. I don't know if you guys are the same. But my physical mind just don't get it. That's just it. That's just it. It's not physical at all. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. We need to get our head around how big our God is. Because when we get our heads around how big our God is, everything else just seems to take its place. Everything else just seems to bow down to God. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All of those things that seem to have power over us. And they seem to knock us around. We need to remind ourselves who it is that's really at the helm. Who's at the helm in your life, friends? Who's at the helm in your lives? Who is steering your boat? Do you have a compass like Captain Jack Sparrow? And he looks at that thing and that. <laughs> you can't tell which way that thing is. Again, that true north, right? We talked about. That true north keeps you going where you need to go when the rest of the world is just slamming on you and hitting on you. Bible says we're pressed on every side. And we're battered. And we're scarred. <laughs> but God is still on his throne. God is still on his throne. And he's not wringing his hands in fear. Oh my gosh, look what's going on in the Middle East. Oh my gosh, look what's going on in my life. He's at complete peace complete peace and if the God of the universe is at complete peace then the small things small things that are going on in our lives will take their place before the king the God almighty in our lives as well hallelujah I heard a story once about some travelers that came to a town, a little village, and they were tired and they didn't have any food and they were hungry. And so they came to this village 
and they began to ask around. And they saw this lady with a, a pot, big kettle sort of thing. And, she's, and they said, can, can we borrow that pot? Well, what do you need that pot for? Well, I'm going to make some, I'm going to make something to eat. Well, what, what do you make it? Well, I'm going to make some soup. It's really good. You've got to try it. Oh, okay. Well, here's my pot. And so they take that pot and they go right out in the center of town. And they build them a fire. They get that fire going. And they put that pot on there. And they put some water in that pot. And they take a couple smooth stones. And they put them in the bottom of that pot. People walking by say, hey, what are you making? Oh, I'm making some stone soup. It's delicious. You ever have it? No, I'd like to. It's great. You've got to try some. But I'm a little bit limited on, on the ingredients right now. Do you have anything that you could offer? Well, I got a couple carrots. Is about all I got. Okay, bring some carrots over. Brought the carrots over, cut them up, threw them in the pot. Somebody else walking by. Hey, what you up to? Well, I'm making some stone soup. What? Stone soup? What's that? I never heard of stone soup. Oh, you got to try it. It's delicious. I'm a little short on the ingredients right now, though. I could really use some onions. I got an onion. I got an onion. I'll bring it right over. Well, come on over. And they chopped up that. They threw that onion in that soup. And pretty soon, pretty soon, this stone soup is smelling mighty good. And then more and more people begin to come around this kettle that's in the middle of the town. And more people are beginning to ask, hey, what's, what's the deal? What's going on around here? We're all making stone soup. Did you ever have it? No. Well, me either, but I heard it's really good. But they're a little short on the ingredients right now. They need some of this. They need some chicken. They need some beef. They need some pepper. And so I got one of those. I got, I got. And so people... They began to bring more, bring what they had. Though nobody had a lot altogether, they, they brought what little they had. And they began to throw it in that pot. Mm, oh, just smell with me. Mm. You smell that stone soup? I smell somebody's feet, but I, that's not what. <laughs> no, I'm smelling stone soup, and it smells mighty good. And pretty soon, that soup had everything it needed. It had all the seasonings. It had all the meat. It had all the veggies. And it was ready to go. And so they just began to dish out this big kettle of stone soup. When they started with nothing but water and stones. How about that? Everybody got what they needed though nobody had enough for themselves. Together, they made enough for everyone. Now, you may have heard that story. I've heard that story a whole bunch of different ways, and I'm, I tried to look it up and, and see which one was the right one, but I couldn't find the right one. So, that's the basic idea of that story. Stone soup. We can all make a difference, can't we? If we try to do it all ourselves, we, we, just, we just can't do it. We, we just lack so much. But if we each offer 
a little bit of what we can. Well, I'm, I'm good at cooking. Okay, now you come and you cook. Well, I'm, I'm good at um, woodworking. Okay, then you come and you do some woodworking. I'm good at child care. All right, you come. I'm good at computers. Okay, you come. I'm good at this. I'm good. And pretty soon, all of the jobs needing to be done for the kingdom of God and the church are being done because each person can do a little bit. Too often what happens is 95, there's a stone soup. Stone soup, look at all that stuff in there. Garlic. Can't make no soup without garlic. Pretty soon, everything that we need, that God needs to be done in his house, somebody's got that job. And all of the things are going. And so, too often, what what happens is 95% of the work being done is done by how much? 5% of the people. So, instead of one one person having one or two jobs that they're, that's, that's their thing, that person's got five or six jobs. That's not good. Okay, so what happens then is all of those jobs, none of them are getting the time and effort that they need. Right? None of them. And that person is going to get worn out trying to meet the needs of all of those things. That's not good. That's not healthy for, for church. That's not healthy for the kingdom of God, is it? Not at all. Don't you like it when I answer my own questions? That way I get the right answer every time. (laughs) Hope so. All right? But when that 95% of the work is spread out over a bunch of people that got a heart for God, and they're willing to get their backs into their faith, do you hear what I'm saying? Your back is into the work. You've picked up a hoe in God's garden and you're starting to, to, to hoe out the weeds. You follow me? Amen. You picked a row, man, and you started hoeing. And you're pulling out the weeds. That's what it takes to have a healthy church to get the things of God done. And when each of us has a few jobs to do, we're able to give those jobs the focus that they need, the attention that they need. And so what happens then? That ministry, those one or two or three ministries at the most that we got, they get all the attention they need, and pretty soon there's a fire that's burning, and that ministry's growing, and more and more people are coming. More and more children are coming to Sunday school. More and more teens are coming to youth group on Wednesday nights. More and more people are coming to pray on Wednesday nights because they know what's needed in the kingdom of God to get it done. Are you with me? Too often, we're content to sit on the sidelines. Friends, if you're going to be on the sideline, you better darn well be cheering really loud. You follow? Because God needs us on the field. God needs us on the field. Are you on the field today? Are you involved? 
Because let me tell you, there's a lot of work to be done. There is a lot of work to be done. God needs you. Have you ever thought about that? God needs you. You are important to God. He's got something for you to do. How about that? Well, I'm just, I'm just this. I, I don't have a, a whole lot to offer. Are you willing? Yeah, that I am. Then you come. We'll find a place for you. You know what? I've heard it said that God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies those that he calls. That's probably not 100% true, but you get the idea where that's going, right? Okay? So what that's saying basically is that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be the best in your area for God to use you. Okay? Because as your heart is willing and you begin to say, I'm available, God. I'm here. Use me. Here am I. Use me. Send me, oh God. Here am I. God will use you. And he'll train you. And he'll raise you up. And he'll take what you brought to offer him. He'll take that little carrot that you threw in that stone soup. And he'll make it a massive meal for everyone to feed off of. Are you with me? There was a man whose king, he had a job that he did for the king. And every day he would serve the king. And so the king got to know him very well because he would see him all the time, all the time. And one day he came before the king to do his duties. And his face was downcast. And the king looked, looked on him and he said, hey, what's going on? You're not happy. You're not your usual self. You ever notice people can tell sometimes when you're, when you're up or when you're down? They can just tell there's something that just quite, not quite right. Hey, what's going on with you today? Where's that smile? Well, that's what the king said to this guy. Where's your smile? What's the matter? What's going on? And he said, Oh, king, my place where I live is in shambles. The people that I love have been scattered everywhere. It's just a mess. Things are starting to come together a little bit, but my heart is just grieved because I know that there's this wall, this wall of protection around this place that I live that's just in shambles and the stones are down. Our enemies just came and they just knocked it all down. So we're just open. It's open season on anyone that's in that area. And the king says, no way. I can see why you're so sad. What would you like to do? What can I do, what can I do to help you? He says, well, if you gave me the authority and you wrote some papers, you put your stamp on it and you sealed it with your ring, 
And I was to go to this place where I live, back to my hometown. I would have your authority to go back and do what I can do, maybe to help rebuild this wall. I'm not even sure what I'm going to do. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't have any, any materials. I, I just don't have anything. But if you give me that authority, I'll go and I'll just, I'll just see what happens. I'll see what I can do. The king says, okay. How long do you think you're going to be gone? <laughs> I, I, don't really, I can't really say. I don't know. It might be a while. I might be gone a while. And so the king thought for a few minutes. He said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you with the authority, my authority as king. You're going as my representative. I'm going to send you with my authority. Not only that, but I'm going to send you with some people. I'm going to send you with materials to help you take care of that. What do you think of that? So how do you think this guy felt when he went from, from nothing, from just longing and just yearning to see his hometown back together again and, and his, his friends and those that he loved back together in their own neighborhood? Don't you think that meant the world to him? And so he went and he had some pep in his step and he was going with the king's Authority, and he's going with all the king's stuff that king sent with him. And he gets back there, and he just sees this immense job that needs to be done. Immense. Huge. By the way, this neighborhood was called Jerusalem. And the man's name was Nehemiah. So Nehemiah goes back to Jerusalem. And he sees the immense work that needs to be done. Can you imagine? Oh, I just... And so what does he do? He picks a spot. Of course, he's examined the whole thing and sees what needs to be done. And, but he picks a spot and he just starts working. He starts working. And pretty soon he's attracting some attention some positive and some negative, you know. Some people walking by say, hey, what are you doing? Well, our, our walls are in shambles. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to see what I can do. I'm going to try to put this wall back together. Can I, can I help you? I got a couple days a week. I'll come, out, I'll come out and I'll help you a couple days a week. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. Other people walking by say, hey, Nehemiah, what are you doing over there? Well, I'm, I'm rebuilding the wall. You're what? You're rebuilding the wall? There's only a few of you. What are you thinking? It's crazy. You can't do that. There's other people that are in charge now. We don't do things that way anymore. And they begin to hurl insults at him. You'll never complete this wall. It's a useless task. Your enemy has defeated you and you will remain defeated forever. You ever have people that just try to keep you down like that? You ever have people that are pointing the finger? You are foolish for trying to get out of the way, your situation in your life. 
You're foolish for trying to make your financial situation better. You're foolish for trying to make your family better. You're foolish for trying to make your health better. They call them naysayers. You got any naysayers in your life? And then somebody else comes along. Nehemiah, how you doing, pal? Can I, can I do something here? I see stuff going on. Yeah. You grab a trowel. Bring them rocks over here. We're going to keep building this wall. And so Nehemiah kept building the wall like that. And pretty soon, three guys are giving Nehemiah so much trouble that he says to the people that are working on that wall, by now he's got a crew, they're working different shifts on this wall to rebuild this wall to protect Jerusalem, his hometown. And people are really getting into this. And then these naysayers, they come along. That wall is so wimpy, you fool. If a fox jumped on that wall, it would knock it right over. You're nothing. You're never going to mount to nothing. That wall's never going to be nothing. So Nehemiah says, all right, I'm serious about this. And I know that my God is behind me. And he said, friends, this is what we're going to do. You're going to come to work tomorrow morning. We're going to work on this wall. You're going to have a trowel in one hand, and you're going to have your sword in the other hand. These losers come around. These naysayers are going to get what's coming to them. They come near this wall. I'm telling you that right now. And he was ready with sword in hand to defend the work of God on that wall. Well, those enemies got wind that they were serious about this. And they backed off. Last year around this time, I was coming through Geneseo. And I happened to notice a big sign as I was heading back this direction. And the sign said, save the wall. And there's a bunch of people over there going on and and I see this sign. I'm like, what, what, what's all the hullabaloo about? What's going on around here? And as I looked, a bunch of Joe Schmoes were working on a wall. And here's the wall. You can see it's broken down and it's old and it's falling apart. And here's the people of the community. What are they doing? Well, they're all working together, putting this wall back together. Is that a big job? The, the wall is a mile long. It's a very historic wall. It means a lot to the community. If they were to tear it down and start over, it would cost, some, they said that they would never be able to do it. But here's the people. They're starting. They examined the wall, found the spots that were weak, and they pulled them out, and the parts that were breaking down, and they just began to rebuild it. There was brush and trees and branches that were coming and growing in and pushing the wall out and roots growing up underneath. Look, everybody's got a job to do. They're gathering up the branches. And I thought, man, that is really cool. That reminds me of something. How about you? And so these people started this project three years ago and 
if we can get to one of the pictures, I think there's a spot, one or two, where it shows where the wall, how the wall is looking now after some work is done. It's, it's nice and... T- oh, look at that now. Okay? How nice and neat and straight that is. And this is done by people. Now, not everybody is a stonemason, I wouldn't think. Um, not everybody is, is big and strong and moving stones, I wouldn't think either. But I would think that there are some people, and, and you can see some pictures where there's, they're eating, you know? And I would think that there would be some, hey, look at that. It looks like us on men's, men's dinner on a third Thursdays there. We're just consuming mass quantities. Oh, Dunkin' Donuts, look at that. There's somebody that can bring a dozen donuts. There's somebody that can cook a few hamburgers. There's somebody that can set a few tables. There's somebody that can chop down some weeds. There's somebody that can gather up some branches and put them in a pile. Do you get what I'm saying? We're building stone soup today, friends. We're making some stone soup today. God is asking for you to get involved. What can you do? What do you got that you're good at? Do you have time? Do you have some time that you can devote to the house of God, to this place, to each other, to somebody that's in need? You know somebody in the area that's got some work around their house that needs to be done? Get two or three people together. Go over there. Fix that. Take care of it. We got a lot of children here on Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings. You know that we got about 30 kids here on Wednesday nights? 30. Yeah, that's awesome. We got some summer things coming up and some of our teachers need a break for the summer. We need some teachers, some youth leaders for Wednesday nights. Can you do that? Do you, are you set financially? Are you in pretty good financial situation where you could donate some money to the house of God, to events that are going on? We got a big, huge camp out coming up. There's going to be some expense to that. We've got a lot of things that need to be done in our church. We've got a prayer room right here at the side of the stage that needs to be done. We've got a welcome area. We've got to expand our sound room over there. We need a place for storage outside of the building here. We get, there's a ton of things to do. If, are you financially in a place where you could donate some money towards that to help things going on? We've got missionary projects going on. Maybe you didn't know about this. My family and I, the way it looks right now, we're heading to Guatemala in August, the end of August. My family, not just myself. This is something new. And God is beginning, God has set things in order where it's now possible for us to go as a family and meet people as a family down there to bring together houses that are thousands of miles apart. Do you understand what that, is, what that is? Are you in a place where you can contribute to something like that? Do you have the ability, do you have carpentry abilities? Are you able to build things? Can you contribute some of your time to that? Do you see what's going on? God is moving, friends, forward. 
God is moving forward. He's got things that he wants to accomplish. Do you have a few carrots and an onion that you can contribute? Do you follow me? What do you have that you can put forward to get involved so that God can do what needs to be done? Will God do it without you? Yes, sir, he will. Yes, sir, he will. He will find someone else that will be obedient and he will bless that person. Okay? Don't be the one that sits on the sideline. Find a way to get involved. Pick a row and start hoeing. Are you with me today? I am so honored. I can't say this enough. I am so honored to be serving with you. I'm so honored to sweat with you when we're working together. I'm so honored to pray with you. I'm so honored to be your friend, to be your pastor. You are hardworking people. And I know that your faith is way more than just Sunday mornings. Let's get busy about the kingdom of God. Amen. Everett, I'm sorry. I went on when you were asking for my attention. Did you have something that you wanted to say? Put my collar down. Is my collar up? Everett said to put my collar down. Back in the day, that used to be cool. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be serving with gracious people <laughs> that overlook my faults. Would you stand with me today? Would you stand? Last week, God did something amazing, didn't he? We were marching around this sanctuary. Marching around here just like old school days. Old school in a new day. I want to pray with you today. And then before I forget, you are invited to stay for the wedding of Roy and Kathy and celebrate with them. If you're not going to stay, make your way as quickly as you can without running over anybody. To the exits. Let's pray together. Would you just raise your hands? to the God of gods and the King of kings. Lord, we come before you today. We just want to give you all the glory and honor and power, praise and majesty and thanks. Thank you that you are living inside of us. That your Holy Spirit indwells us. Thank you that you show up here, God, when we're here to worship you. Thank you that you show up at home when we're worshiping you. We pray for our church. We love this place because you're in it. And Lord, we take a certain amount of pride in this place because of the efforts and the sweat and the blood that we've put into this place and the time and money that we've put into this place. And we're proud of it. We're proud to be a part of it. And God, we just dedicate it all to you. 
we dedicate it all to you, every light bulb, every blade of grass, every stone in the driveway, every stitch of carpet. It's all yours. Use it as you will. Help us, God, to get involved in the kingdom of God in any way that we can. And I pray that you would bless obedience, Lord, as I know you will. That is what you do when we walk in obedience to you. You bless obedience. Forgive us, Lord, for our sin. Forgive us, oh God, for our complacency. Forgive us for our lack of involvement. Forgive us for putting these things on a back burner. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God, to do as your word says in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you as well. Glory to your name. We love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.